Welcome to On Texas Football Post Game Show uh, for Inside Texas. I'm Bobby Burton. I'm joined by Rod Babers, uh, the Longhorn legend. Uh, how you doing, Rod? Uh, tough loss for the Longhorns today. Yeah, I've been better. Um, I thought this would be a win. I actually was feeling pretty confident and pretty bullish about the Longhorns in this win today. Uh, there were a lot of injuries for the Oklahoma State Cowboys on their side, missing, missing multiple starters. And still the speculation about Spencer Sanders. I still don't know if he's hurt or not. I have no idea. It still looks to me like he's hurt, but hey, they got another win. Uh, but yeah, it's disappointing because we thought there was maturity and growth. And part of that growth is being able to pull out a win on the road in the face of adversity. And yet this team couldn't do it. And yet they're now, what is it, one and six? Now in true road games for a Sark, is that what it is? Yeah, and I, I don't know the exact number, Rod, but I, I know that this one's going to sting. Uh, the Longhorns had their chances, uh, without question, uh, losing today thirty or forty-one thirty-four. Uh, Quinn Ewers uh, going to be the uh, possible topic of the game. Another possible topic: How does uh, Oklahoma State get zero penalties and Texas gets thirteen? Uh, including the holding call on the very last uh, drive there uh, where uh, Quinn Ewers, or second to last drive, I don't know, uh, where Quinn Ewers had, uh, you know, made a 40, 50-yard run, I think, uh, that would have put up uh, Texas in yeah. the in the Oklahoma State territory. Texas also had a chance to go ahead late in the fourth quarter, uh, but Burt Auburn uh, shanked. I mean, it wasn't even close. A field goal uh, wide left, uh, and after that, uh, Oklahoma State started moving down the down the field, and it's one of those things uh, difficult to, to see, uh, but uh, definitely think that uh, the Longhorns uh, played hard. Uh, not so sure they played great. Uh, so uh, another not so good performance for the Longhorns. Uh, a, another road loss for Steve Sarkeesian. Another one score uh, road loss for Steve Sarkeesian. Up, up double digits, Bobby. Yeah, up, up by ten in the third. Up by ten in the third quarter, um, and just could not get anything. They really couldn't get anything going in the in the second half on offense. When the counter play stopped working uh, for on the run play, Rod, they didn't they didn't have another play to go to. Yeah, um, and Quinn Ewers, in my opinion, just looked lost at times today. He showed that he was a freshman. He had one read, and that was Xavier Worthy on anything downfield. He finally started going for Jatavian Sanders later in the game. And uh, you know what? He, he put the last ball was on Jatavian Sanders helmet and just couldn't come up with it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, you know, it's one of those games. Freshman quarterback has to get better. Uh, the Longhorn team as a whole uh, has to get better as well. Uh, somewhat disappointed. We didn't see more Roshan Johnson uh, today in some way, form or fashion as well. Let's look at the stats. Rod, uh, stat that uh, stands out to you has got to be the quarterback, right? No question. I mean, Quinn Ewers was off uh, second week in a row, really, that he hasn't been able to find a rhythm as a quarterback. We know he had a slow start versus Iowa State, expected, because that's the best defense in the Big 12. So uh, we expect him to have a slow start there. But although Oklahoma State is a playmaking defense, they actually led the Big 12 going into this game in havoc rate, which is essentially splash plays by the defense. You're talking about uh, sacks, uh, tackles for loss, interceptions, uh, pass deflections, PBUs. So a great playmaking defense, but there are a lot of holes in that defense, man. They were 126th in pass defense going into that game. So they weren't necessarily structurally sound, but yet against Quinn Ewers, uh, they seemed to uh, discombobulate him a lot. 
he did he couldn't really figure out that defense they do run a lot of the three high concepts uh they do because that's what, what Jim Knowles ran last year and they kept a lot of that schematically even with uh you know with the new defensive coordinator there so you know maybe there's some of that that flummoxed them but you're right I mean there's uh, no excuse for it. It did seem like there was no rhythm at all to the passing game. They couldn't figure it out. No chemistry between Quinn and the wide receivers. And even Sark, who I actually complimented that he was able to have a great, uh, this, this, you know, this kind of chemistry with his quarterback, that he was able to have this relationship with them, that he could get him settled down in really high style situations, volatile situations. That didn't happen at all. Sark really couldn't figure out what was going on with Quinn Ewers either. That to me is what really was was most concerning is that Sark could not settle down his quarterback for him to make enough plays for them to be able to win this game. Yeah, it was clear um, about midway through the third quarter that Quinn Ewers had just um, really uh, had a, had a real problem there uh, and just not going to be his day. They fin- he finishes nineteen to forty nine for three hundred nineteen uh, yards, uh, but those three picks, two of them coming in the final quarter. Uh, uh, one of them off the ricochet that ended the game, essentially. Uh, and, you know, Rod, I thought the defense played well enough to win in the third quarter, but played poorly in the first half. Uh, the losing Anthony Cook, uh, he was injured, uh, I thought really hurt. Uh, the secondary, Keaton Crawford, uh, just not there yet uh, mentally, I don't think, uh, in, the, in the football game, really cost him. Uh, J- Deshaun Jameson, uh, missed tackle there. Uh, giving uh, Oklahoma State the go-ahead score when you have a guy in your grasp. you got to take him into your ground. I know you're a, you were a smaller defensive back, uh, and you got to struggle to do that. No doubt. But you got to hold on. It would have been nice if Jaron Thompson would have been able to help him. Uh, I, we talk about Quinn Ewers. Uh, this was a yeoman performance also from Spencer Sanders. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't say that. 34, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, look at this. 34 of 57. So 57 throws. 11 runs. <laughs> I mean, he he was their offense today. They needed it from their senior quarterback, four-year starter, uh, and they got it. Uh, Rod, you know, we, we look at Oklahoma State. Uh, what did they do, you think, uh, in, against Texas to, to really open up that passing game in the second half when it was so tight uh, for most of, of the game? Yeah, when you thought, you know, because last week Iowa State broke out, you know, that uh, that that tripod bunch formation versus Texas, especially on the the third and long situations, gave them a lot of uh, space to free up their wide receivers and give them separation. Uh, the Iowa State version of that was to stack their wide receivers. Go look at a lot of their uh, their formations they used on their passing downs. They would stack their wide receivers, um, and which also gave them a free release because Texas didn't want the rub routes and uh, the pick routes to affect them, so they would give them space, uh, and that would actually lead to them being able to get some separation downfield. So that was one thing that they did really well. But also, I, I couldn't understand why Texas didn't take away the inside breaking routes. Bobby, I've been saying it all week long on my show. You know, from what I watched of Spencer Sanders last three weeks, and I'm a random Spencer Sanders fan, so I'm watching a lot of him, and I also love me some Mike Gundy, so I watch a lot of Oklahoma State football, probably more than most people should. And one thing that he's been really, you know, successful at lately has been inside breaking routes, short to intermediate routes. TCU decided to take away the quick game with their bump and run coverage. They played inside leverage on a lot of routes forced Spencer Sanders to beat them with throws either over the top, deep, downfield, or outside the numbers on intermediate routes. 
And if you look at Texas versus uh, what Oklahoma State and what they were able to do, Oklahoma State had a lot of in-breaking routes to that second level where Texas is most vulnerable to the passing game. And I couldn't believe that the Texas DBs allowed the inside leverage for Spencer Sanders to beat you with outside throws, specifically outside the numbers and over the top. If he does that, great. That's an NFL throw anyway. But even a healthy Spencer Sanders struggled with those throws. And Texas allowed way too many in-breaking routes, man, way too many second-level routes to the inside of the field in between the numbers. And I haven't I haven't counted it yet. I haven't charted it yet. But just off the top of my mind, I bet those are a lot of those big downs, those big uh, money down so those big plays they were able to keep the chains moving yeah Texas uh giving up uh uh I think it was 500 plus yards uh on the day or, or 400 400 tops easy uh really it was a track meet in the first half rod and then it turned into a slug fest in the second half and you know you look at the numbers I, I find it hard to believe that Texas had 523 yards of offense on the day because they didn't do anything in the second half. Yep. No, you're right. Most of that damage came in the first half. In the second half, you just didn't see the adjustments. And I and, and listen, I felt bad for Sark because his quarterback was off. It's tough to be able to game plan and make adjustments when your quarterback is off. But I think when your quarterback is off, you got to just be able to implement some really short, high percentage quick, easy first read throws for your quarterback. When you talk about the screen game, high-low concepts, guys crossing mesh concepts, whether you're talking about just getting guys out in the uh, the one kind of the quick game, uh, getting it out in him in a high percentage, trying to get him in a rhythm. They didn't really do that. I mean, everything was downfield for him. He had to look downfield to make those reads, and he just didn't really have the confidence to throw the football downfield. And even when he did – as you guys know, I think he had, what, the most overthrows in the last 10 years downfield. To me, quit throwing it downfield, <laughs> right? Put the ball in the hands of your guys in short, intermediate throws and let them make plays. And I didn't know if Sark did enough of that. Late down in, you know, I think on those seam routes, right, right down the middle, we saw him make some plays with JT Sanders. For the most part, Quinn Ewers was um, – he was – discombobulated and confused most of the game. And he was not a confident quarterback. He wasn't making confident throws. And there was no chemistry between he and the wide receivers either. Uh, that Only only X-Man and Quinn Uris seemed to have chemistry in that game. And the rest of him and the receivers didn't really have continuity. That's concerning to me uh, as a Longhorn fan. That's really concerning because the passing game was not as lethal as it should be considering all the weapons you have. X-Man, Jay Witt. JT Sanders. I mean, you Bijan in the passing game, Rojo in the passing game, Keelan. It shouldn't be that easy to make you an inept offense in the second half. And I think they were they they took Sark away once again. His inability to adjust in the second half uh, once again came to fruition. Unfortunately for Longhorn fans. Yeah, once they took away the counter, uh, the the Oklahoma State defense took away that counter run. Uh, they Longhorns were not able to be consistent with the run play. They had a couple of drives that were stopped by really poor throws or uh, a couple of runs for loss. They they snapped the ball right before uh, the end of the third quarter and uh, Ewers uh, in seven yard loss. Uh, you know, uh, wasted drive there uh, most likely. Uh, so I, I feel like, and that's what Mason Young. Thank you for the super chat, Mason. That's what that's what a lot of fans are going to be looking back for, you know, is, you know, Texas right now uh, needed a, a 
uh, a shot in the arm. I have a hard time putting it all on Sark. I have a hard time putting it all on Quinn Ewers uh, mm-hmm. because I feel like, uh, you know, I, look, Jordan Whitting, Whittington, people may not realize this, but he's playing hurt right now. Um, he's, he actually uh, missed or uh, was sidelined a day or two in practice with a, with a back issue, I believe, uh, this week. Uh, did not announce that prior to the game. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the long and short of it is Texas has to do more sooner in this game. Uh, they are in the third quarter. They, they really lost this game probably the first 20 minutes of the second half uh, where Oklahoma State was able to find something on offense and Texas just couldn't. Um, yeah. uh, like it or not, that's where it went. Uh, Rod, let, Matt, uh, our producer, will you put the stats back up that uh, talk about the, the rushing stats and the, the uh, first and second half stats uh, for us? Because I want to I show folks this. Um, look, rushing yards in the first half, Texas, 161. Second half, 43. Um, just a really, really difficult situation. Texas rushed the ball basically the same amount of times for 120 fewer yards. That's that was the adjustment that Oklahoma State made on defense to stop that uh, counter up the middle. Yeah, no, Oklahoma State has one of the better defensive fronts personnel-wise that you'll see all year long. Hell, it may be the best when you look at the complement of guys they're able to throw at you. Um, so I, I knew they would be able to make some plays, um, but Texas was able to break those big runs in the first half. It was that. Big Rojo run. I think that was a counter, actually. Uh, the big Bijan run early on. And essentially for Oklahoma State, they stopped the big chunk yardage runs. Um, and that was the difference. Texas didn't really have a rhythm in the running game. We've talked about this on the show, right? You never have a rhythm in the running game. Hell, even in the Iowa State game, now that's the best defense in the Big 12, so it's understandable. They didn't have a rhythm in the running game. They were able to put together that big drive in the set in, in late the game winning drive late in the fourth quarter. 72 out of the 75 yards in that drive were basically Rojo and Bijan, and they ran the rock on the best defense in the Big 12. And we all assumed, okay, that's it. That's the turning point. If you're able to shove it down the throat of Iowa State, the best defense in the Big 12, when everybody knows you're running the football, that is a turning point. And what travels on the road, Bobby? The run game. The run game is supposed to travel. All right. And when Texas was supposed to put that game away with the run game, they couldn't do it. And they couldn't well, do it. Here's, my, here's, here's the question, though, Rod. They had the ball moving in the fourth quarter. Uh, Burt Auburn eventually missed a uh, uh, 45 or so yard field goal. I shanked it. Uh, did not look good at all. Uh, but prior to that, they were moving the ball via the run, and it got in a first and 10. Bijan Robinson gets three yards. It goes second and seven, and then they go to the pass. They had moved the ball down uh, to into uh, Oklahoma State territory, running the ball. And, I, and if there's one time I question Steve Sarkeesian in this game, as much as any kind of uh, helping out his quarterback, et cetera, it was at that point uh, you had Roshan and Bijan both running well, um, and you didn't stick with them. Uh, they they were the ones that brought you, and they had a chance. And, and uh, uh, you know what? You got to put it in your best player's hands. And right now, Quinn Ewers is not your best player. He's a first. Uh, I, I do believe for Stark, maybe there is a belief that the identity of the offense will trans 
transform and transmogrify into Queen Eura's offense. Um, and I always say football, right? Football is like life. Football and life are a constant struggle between what we all want to be and what we need to be in order to survive. And what Texas needs to be in order to survive is a team that can run it down your throat any when they need to when they need to be able to run the football to close out a game. Because I don't necessarily trust, and I, I think Quinn Ewers' talent is, 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 is un, extraordinary, unbelievable. But as we know, hey, arm talent doesn't necessarily make you a great quarterback. <laughs> you, can, you can have tremendous arm talent, doesn't necessarily make you a elite, extraordinary quarterback. So I think his arm, he's got great arm talent. It's the same thing with Sam Mellinger. I always say this about Sam Mellinger. Sam Mellinger was, was at one time a great football player playing quarterback. And now in the NFL, he's actually now trying to fuse the f- great football player instincts of the quarterback skill set and becoming an actual quarterback. And I'm not saying one can't necessarily work, but I think for Quinn Ewers, he's got great arm talent, ex- supreme, extreme, e- elite arm talent. But arm talent doesn't necessarily make you an elite, co- extraordinary quarterback. He's got to work on that. All right, but he's definitely got the arm talent. And I think for Sark, he gets enamored with the arm talent because he's a quarterback. He's a quarterback guy. I think he wants this offense ultimately to be a coin Ewers offense. That the identity of the offense is, hey, he can make any throw, all right, any route combination on at any time, any situation, any circumstance. The truth is he ain't there yet. Right now, this needs to be a Bijan Robinson Rojo offense, period. That's just what it needs to be. And then you can sprinkle some Quinn Euros on top of it. <laughs> That's, I think, what we need. It's almost, we're talking having that same conversation about the Cowboys right now, Bobby, about Dak Prescott and the offense and what it needs to be with the defense. Because I'm with you. I think the defense did its job pretty much today. I don't think the defense should be to blame, even though I can be very critical of some of the schematic uh, adjustments or lack thereof defensively. Offensively, this is on Sark, man. I think he lost his way offensively, and it should have been putting Bijan and Rojo as the focal point of it. And he thought Quinn Ewers was going to break out of his funk, and he never did. He never did. Yeah, 41 points uh, the Cowboys put up on the Longhorns. Hard to say it's not uh, partially on the defense. Uh, they had some breakdowns again uh, in the secondary. Uh, the uh, They had some poor plays. Uh, you know, I, something's got to give here. Uh, the Longhorns have to get better. I don't know. Um, there's no – nobody new is coming off the bench, though, Rod. I mean, so Ryan Watts went out in the third quarter with a hamstring, it looked like. Uh, Anthony Cook, I, I believe it was a shoulder, uh, did not play in the entire second half. Uh, so you, you lose two starters. Uh, Michael Taffy, a walk-on, played almost the entire second half. Uh, Jalen Gilbo looked like he really hurt his knee. Yeah. Um, you know, and th- th- that happened late. Uh, so I don't, I don't want to say it was one or the other, but uh, the long and short of it right now is there's no quick fix in the secondary, I don't think. Um, uh, I do think that this uh, uh, off week that Texas has now coming up, is a good time for the Longhorns. Uh, but, you know, we will see uh, whether or not that that comes to fruition. Uh, you know, I, I ask you this, Rod, um, what what are some of the things, you know, we mentioned shorter throws for Quinn Ewers. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games. We mentioned getting, you know, doing other things to get the the ball moving. Uh, how quickly, and, and what do you think that that they could have done in that game a little bit differently in that regard? I mean, uh, comeback routes, digs. What I mean, what I mean, it just looked like to me Quinn was shook, and even the short stuff where he, he was trying to force it to Bijan sometimes. That's where he had one of the picks. He didn't even let the play d- develop, uh, and he had Whittington on the backside open. But, uh, you know, where what do you do? Because I think what's happening right now is teams are starting to sit on those. They're taking that away. So what else can Quinn Ewers do, and what do you got to get him prepared to do uh, when this happens next time? Yeah, no, it's interesting because um, – a couple of throws, it seemed like the timing, the anticipation that we were all bragging about seemed to be off uh, within the offense. Um, so I, I think you should try to go just as short at what Stark calls advantage throws, easy throws, and that is the sophisticated screen game, all right? That's with a lot of misdirection and pre-snap motion, which are screen game, try to get guys open. I like targets to motion, which is basically when you throw it to a guy who's either in motion at the time of the snap or prior to the snap, the touchdown Xavier Worthy. I mean, that's a prime example, right? He goes orbit return motion. He's wide open. Why? Because the rules change for defenders based on motion across the formation and motion before he gets to the formation. So different things like that can try to help Quinn Ewers with his pre-snap reads, but also get him easy throws. Right now, I, I think Sark is looking too much downfield. I know he want, he's a he's a big game hunter. I was talking about this. He wants a big play. And with Quinn Ewers, it's hard not to look downfield vertically for that big play. Man, if I was start, I'd try to look more for the high percentage quick throws for Quinn Ewers and maybe build the passing game from the, the short game out. I think Sark's passing game, he looks for the deep throws. He, they want the deep, and, and I you totally I, I understand situationally at certain times you want those long rainbow crossers. Hey, look for the deep throw, and your progression is from the deepest route, and then you kind of work your way back. I would probably work my way from the short throws if it's open. You got a lot of great athletes that can just make plays with the ball in their hands. You saw that even later in the game. I, I would I would kind of use that, and then that would open up some other things late. It's essentially an extension of the running game. Get your quarterback in a rhythm. Get him in a groove. Get him confident. He's he's obviously not the um, he is not the quarterback that we thought that would be above the uh, insecurities, <laughs> right? Of every other quarterback out there, he seemed insecure. He didn't seem confident. He seemed like he lacked the courage at times to make some of those throws downfield. And I knew we know he's got the talent to do it. So it ain't a talent thing. We know he's got the, the accuracy, all that exists. So it's a, it's in his own head. And if I'm sorry, I got to get him to the point where he's confident enough and in a rhythm to make those throws. And even in Iowa state, Sark was able to get Quinn at least settled enough to make some of those big time throws when he needed them. Even though the running game was the identity in this game, it got away from Sark. It was clear. The offense got away from Sark, and he had no way to corral his quarterback. 
And even then, he could not figure out how to get the offense in identity. And it should have been Bijan and Rojo. And that's what it was in the Iowa State game. And that's usually what he reverts back to. That's his go-to. That's his fail-safe. That's usually what Sark figures out. You know what? It's Bijan Rojo. We'll go there. TCU last year. Uh, this year, we just figured out Iowa State game. But that didn't happen in this game. He decided he still wanted to push Quinn Ewers as the guy, as the identity of the offense. And I think it failed him, ultimately. Got it. Um, we are learning that it sounds like Anthony Cook has a broken arm. Uh, so be aware of that. Uh, you know, that's he's probably out for an extended period of time, if not the remainder of the season. Um, and so that that is a real shot uh, to uh, a Texas defense that does not have uh, a second uh, a second uh, safety right now. They just don't. Um, it's not it's not Keaton Crawford. He's not ready to play, Rod. Um, and they play him a lot. Yeah, they, they have they to push because they don't have another one. Um, it's part of the problem. I, I, I kind of wonder what they're going to do here. Uh, they also lost, uh, obviously just lost uh, Jalen Gilbo. I don't know how long that's going to be, but it, it looked like a knee. Uh, so, you, you know, you lose the ability there to start moving uh, someone like uh, Jade Barron out the corner or back to safety. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be, it's getting into that, that uh, time where uh, Texas is going to have to have some young guys step up uh, and play that, that uh, situation. All right. Hey, Rod, uh, question for uh, one of the things I, I think that I wrote down that I do want to say that Texas uh, played much better than anticipated. And I thought it could have been the difference in the game uh, until uh, the, the fourth quarter. And that was special teams. Um, Texas won special teams today uh, with the exception of that fourth quarter kick, uh, fourth quarter field goal that went, never really had a shot. Uh, Daniel Trejo had a ball downed at the one. Xavier Worthy had a couple of nice returns. Great returns. One return set up the only score of the second half for the long yeah. run. Clutch um, and so all of those things put together, uh, you start thinking and talking about Texas uh, with a uh, good performance, block punt uh, as well. Um, you know, I wish uh, that that would have turned into something else, but uh, really that miss by Burt Auburn probably hurt uh, Texas, because they had a chance to go back out on the field with a lead. Instead, Oklahoma State drove it down the length of the field and scored. Yeah, and no, I mean, it, it's possible, Bobby, that out of all the coordinators for Texas, that Jeff Banks has been the most consistent so far. <laughs> I mean, because uh, last year, Texas special teams was among the best in the country, had a lot of veteran pieces on that special teams. Of course, remember Dicker, the kicker, as a the, the kicker, of course, and the punter, uh, long snapper. But even this year, right, first time, by the way, Jeff Banks said in his career as a special teams coordinator, he's ever had a first-time kicker, punter, and long snapper. And he thought that would be a challenge. And I think there are some challenges there, all right? They're not as consistent as you would like, but uh, the Texas special teams is not a liability at all. They're making a lot of plays for Texas. And, yeah, man, Jeff Banks has been uh, damn good for Texas as a special teams coordinator. They're doing a really good job putting Texas in great field position uh, in terms of returns, uh, but also blocking punts and scoring, getting points on the board too. Mm, yeah, it's tough, tough loss. Let, let me ask you this one. This is a good question. Did benching Quinn even enter Sark's mind as a coaching move? No, no. 
Sorry, guys. I know you want to get into it, but no, it's well, not. Explain why you feel that way. He doesn't want the quarterback controversy. Once you start it, you can't end it. Right? Once you start it, it's open. Once you once you start the quarterback controversy, you, they'll, it'll never end. It'll, ne they'll, it'll always haunt you because you're always, when the quarterback's inconsistent, you got to go back to it. I'm not saying he shouldn't have thought about it. I'm not saying that. But I'm telling you guys, it never entered his mind. And when you ask him on Monday or even in the postgame right now, never entered his mind. Never thought about it. Because if he admits he thought about it and had done it, the quarterback controversy, trust me, I was on the 40 acres with the with the Chris Sims major right one. And like I said, most coaches want to avoid it. Most coaches would like to avoid it if all, if at all necessary. And I don't think Sark wants to go there just yet. So I think if you get a losing streak, then it'll be a possibility right now. If you see Quinn Ewers look like that next next game, you'll get that maybe as a possibility. But right now, it is not even at all a possibility or even a conversation with Sark. Um, my opinion. Let me ask you this. Um, this this is a interesting. No intermediate game is frustrating. I understand the deep shots, uh, but that's asking a lot of refreshment QB. We, we all agree, and we've talked about that, Rod. Um, let, let me ask you this. Take this a little separate place. I felt like in the second half, um, Quinn may have been hearing footsteps uh, a lot. Um, Oklahoma State hit him pretty good in the, in the first uh, first half. He made a great throw, though. Touch, right? Yeah, yeah no, I know. But Oklahoma State hit him pretty good, yeah. right? It, it, it seemed to me like he was here feeling footsteps or hearing footsteps and then not coming off of Xavier worthy. Hmm. Um, people will remember eventually him going to Jaleel Billingsley yeah. or even to um, JT uh, Sanders. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, JT Sanders. But that was late in the fourth quarter. You're right. He, he was focused almost entirely. I, as a matter of fact, I don't know that they threw to uh, Jordan Whittington. Jordan Whittington, I think had one catch. Uh, and uh, Tariq Milton had one catch. Um, it's it's one of those things um, where uh, Texas is going to have to take it a little bit um, sometimes uh, as it relates to this. Um, Rod, you, you look at the guys uh, right now, and Jordan Whittington, one catch, 23 yards. Um, Xavier Worthy, only four. Uh, but the two tight ends, six and two. Uh, they also took, a, other than that touchdown, uh, to B. John Robinson on that, that it wasn't even a wheel route. It was just a, uh, what, what what kind of route would you call that? A rail route? Or what? Yeah, because it's right. They basically, because they, they had a, a kind of a tight twin set there, offset twins there. Both of those guys run inside routes, run runs in uh, a drag route, a, a, a kind of an under route, and the other runs kind of an, a deep over route, but they're still running inside routes. And, I don't, I don't, they didn't pick the safety because the safety essentially had the uh, responsibility of guarding Bijan. He was just late seeing Bijan run to the flat route. So essentially it was just a flat route. I mean, I know it sounds very simple, but he did, he was late reacting to it and then ended up behind Bijan. It was a perfect throw out into the flat. So it, yeah, it, it, you would think not very sophisticated by design. Uh, the safety just caught him you know, with his eyes in the backfield pretty well. Well, what I was going to say to that, though, is typically Bijan and Roshan have more um, pass receptions. Yes. Only three today total. And 
other than that one in the first half, Bijan, uh, Bijan's touchdown, they got nothing either. Uh, we, we did see the first catch of Brennan Thompson's career. Uh, so I, I feel like, um, you know, we've seen some things um, out there uh, that uh, Texas is trying to get to. Uh, I will say uh, a lot of people saw, if you watched the television feed of the game, uh, you would have seen Savion Red, the freshman, true freshman, get uh, into an argument with it. it looks like his teammates and his coach. I can tell you what that came from. I saw that. Yeah, you know what it was from. He was the he was the uh, uh, field side receiver on an RPO, and he was supposed to run a quick slant, and he didn't. And Quinn Ewers had to throw it away on okay. a third, on a third down play. So that's well, I was he got it. I'm sure he got an earful from the coach coming oh, off. Okay. So okay. If people are wondering about that, that's how I kind of uh, diagnosed or how I I, I saw that. Uh, transpire man those the receivers it's pretty obvious that Quinn and the receivers don't have great chemistry just yet he wants him and Xavier Worthy may have this tremendous chemistry but him and the other wide receivers may not have that chemistry just yet um so I mean maybe that just takes a while he hasn't had that much time with those guys um so maybe that's something that'll get better and improve as the season goes on um I think my biggest disappointment is that Sark didn't see that early and understand, you know, the passing game is not going to have the rhythm, especially downfield that he would have wanted and maybe try to work in some easier, quick advantage throws for his quarterback. I think uh, I will say this. I think the Casey Kane experiment probably is time to come to an end. Um, he didn't wow. even have a good game again. Yeah. Um, you know, just getting knocked off the routes, uh, not really uh, creating separation. Yeah. Uh, I think it may be time to see a little bit more of, of Tariq Milton uh, yeah. because he's doing something every time he gets in the game, it seems like, um, and getting open and securing the catch. I so, like that. Brennan Thompson, too. Yeah. Maybe yeah. time for the young. I know he's little. I know he's skinny. I get it. <laughs> he looks tiny out there. He's slight. But uh, maybe it's time to see more of him as well. So I'm with you on that, Bobby. It seems like him and Quinn don't have chemistry. No, even that touchdown pass to or at least the sorry the potential touchdown pass to x-man from quinn yours i mean i thought that was more on x-man when he fell down right yeah. and it's just if, it, if it's not quinn's being off with his throws it's the receivers not being able to figure out the trajectory of the throws it is a weird thing going on right now with the passing game man. i'm i wonder how much of that those deep balls today had to do with the wind That's i mean I, I, that that the pass to Xavier Worthy is a, a good oh. example, uh, in my opinion. Um, that ball, Xavier may have thought, "Oh, I've got it," and then all of a sudden he's with the wind and it's gone. Yeah, uh, you know, it was um, weird. So I, I don't know what what to say there. Um, Texas, uh, I feel like uh, Texas, you know, had a chance uh, in the fourth quarter when they were moving the ball via the run. They got to around the 27-yard line, uh, and it was a second and seven. Thank you, Eric, by the way, uh, 76. I appreciate that. Shout out. Um, the, the reality of it is, is that when they were running the ball like that, they went away from it. And to your point, Rod, uh, your two best players on offense, two most reliable players on offense are Roshan and Bijan. Yep. Um, yes, Quinn and Xavier are – are possibly uh, in that category eventually. Uh, but it's hard when your quarterback's not being 
reliable at that point in time. And your running backs are. Um, and so I, I feel like I, I feel like that's a that's a big issue. Um, look, I'm getting I'm getting uh, some comments about stop the uh, wind excuses. I'm sorry, the wind played a factor in that game. Um, whether you whether you like it or not, it really did. This is the play I'm talking about. Uh, the, the the drive I'm talking about. Uh, Texas got it down into around five minutes left to go in the game, uh, and they went. No huddle, shotgun, and Bijan got a three-yard gain, right, Rod? Yep. And then the very next one was that out route that Keelan Robinson, I think, fell down I saw on. that. Yeah, it was like a comeback. It was like, yeah, it was an out route. You're right. It was yeah. weird. So yeah. Sort of far side, too. Far sidelines, weird. Yeah, and, but off his hands. Yep. Looked like Keelan fell down to get back up. Uh, Bijan would have been in that place, I think, instead of Keelan, uh, but they pushed him in there. Uh, and then – uh, the third and seven was that uh, kind of like a uh, I don't even know what kind of route I would call that. It was a was it a post corner? Is that what that route was? Mm. Um, to Xavier yeah. Worthy? Yeah, I had to go mm. look at it again, but you're right. Yeah, I remember that slightly. Yeah, yeah. Well, they went to the passing game. You're so right. So if we're if we're talking about problems, we you know first of all uh, got to put the ball in the the, the plane and uh, in your best player's hands at the key moments of the game, uh, and then on defense. I think that uh, the secondary is going to have problems right now. There's just no two ways about it. Uh, they they are going to have problems for the next uh, next couple of uh, next month or so because right now they're they're at least one man down with Anthony Cook. We think uh, having a broken arm, uh, and then uh, you look at uh, other guys like Jaron Thompson is still dinged up. Uh, Ryan Watts with a hamstring, hopefully. Uh, those two uh, are able to come back in a couple of weeks and get ready to go for uh, Kansas State. Uh, Rod, uh, tell me about I, I, if I I thought the defensive front played good again and actually did get some pressure on the quarterback this this week. There was some real question uh, pressure on Spencer, Spencer Sanders. I think I think Jalen Ford is having him a, a, an all Big Twelve year at this point. Yeah, he is. He's he's playing really well. You're talking about stars of the game. Overshone had a couple of big plays, but Jalen Ford really was uh, the, uh, the, the anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. So many times uh, the uh, uh, glue to that defense today, I thought. No, he's done a good job. He'll, I mean, he's probably one of the best run-stopping linebackers in the Big 12, if not the best run-stopping linebacker in the Big 12. Where Texas is vulnerable is the... The, the passing game right at the second level there. And that is a part of the linebackers as well. So uh, as the linebackers are playing the run well, and I'm with you, I think the defensive front, that's the strength of the Texas defense. The most consistent part of the Texas defense all year long has been the interior defensive line, but even the defensive front overall, even the Gofu has played much better and Sorrell has played much better on the edge. The defensive line, I'll give them credit. They, they've been the most consistent piece, uh, but Texas is still – 
in my opinion, very vulnerable on that second level. And you can tell with the in-breaking routes, whether it be the slot wide receivers or the wise on the outside, my concern, the DBs, and the scouting report is pretty much out on Texas. Scouting report is out on the defense, in my opinion. And I think the scouting report is simple. You want to play bunch and stack your wide receivers on the outside so that Texas can't put their hands on guys, and you want in-breaking routes because Texas can't really – their linebackers don't drop well in coverage, especially when they have run action in play action or with RPOs. And you want to run a ton of play action and RPOs on Texas. If you're a quarterback and run, then you are blessed because your quarterback also puts the linebackers in conflict for Texas. The more conflict you put those linebackers in, the better, which is why everybody likes to run crossing routes versus Texas or in breaking routes, linebacker depth, linebackers in conflict. So, you're going to get more of that as the season goes on, especially with K-State. Good Lord. They're going to run a ton of RPOs. TCU and Max Duggan, both of those guys can run. Purple Kryptonite, lots of RPOs. The scouting report is out there, and if they can't stop the inside breaking routes, and they can't play inside leverage, bump and run coverage to stop those routes, they're going to be open all, all year long. I mean, that's just the reality of it. And Texas hasn't proven they've really been able to stop it yet. So that's the scouting report. Dual threat quarterback, bunch formations on the outside, second level routes, crossing routes potentially are at the second level to put the linebackers in conflict, RPOs, play action pass, occupy eyes of the linebackers, you'll freeze them. And they're great at stopping the run, but there are two plays, (laughs) there are two parts to football. You got to be a great run defender and a great pass defender, and they're not great pass defenders. You know, I thought I saw something early from Jaron Thompson. He jumped a couple routes. He did. He should have picked one to the house. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought I saw some improvement there, but you know, not after that. I mean, not, it, it didn't, it didn't happen in the second half. That's for sure. Because that was, that was an outbreaking route, Bobby. In breaking routes, in, in, in. All you got to do is go upfield and break in. And they, for some reason, they don't play inside leverage. I don't know if it's a PK thing or Blake Gideon thing or a Terry Joseph thing inside leverage, get inside quick. Let them throw it outside. Their inside leverage is wide open against Texas all day, every day. That's interesting. It's, it's, it's great to hear uh, your perspective, Rod, as a former DB uh, for the Longhorns, uh, Texas losing uh, to Oklahoma state today, 41, 34 hard fought game in Stillwater. Uh, the Longhorns uh, now at uh, three and two in conference, Five and three overall, um, Rod. Uh, do you feel? Uh, I'm going to ask you this question. You know, Texas had a hard-fought game. They lost to Oklahoma State a year ago, right after they lost a, a game, uh, the same kind of game to Oklahoma. Um, do you feel like this this team is in that bad a shape as they were a year ago, or is this a different level team? No, different team. Different team. Doesn't feel the same. And, I, and listen, I know they were up by double digits. I know they're up at halftime. I get it. I understand. Um, I think it was, was it tied going into the fourth quarter or something like that? I'm not sure I really remember. But it, I understand that some of those things feel like Groundhog Day. But this is a different team. There are different, unfortunately, there are different issues that exist <laughs> than last year. Uh, and you got issues. You got things that are holding you back. You got, you got things you have to address. Um, you got to get better. Uh, you got weaknesses, but I think I think it is different than last year and feels different than last year. I think the culture is better. They're more competitive. 
Um, I don't think you necessarily get this competitive game this last year with Texas. I think Oklahoma State might have beat them, you know, a little bit more handily on the road. Because Oklahoma State's a good team, even with an injured Spencer Sanders. I think Texas actually at this point right now is in a good place. They may not be in a good place to win the Big 12, but you are talking about the most competitive Power 5 conference in the country. Anybody can lose on any given week. We've pretty much seen that. Hell, if Kansas gets Jalen Daniels back, they'll be a more competitive product too. So I'm not as upset with it as I was last year because I have seen the growth, but we can't expect to go from five and seven. You know, and I know we want to, to winning the Big 12 and everything. There are steps to it. It's baby steps. I've seen enough growth and maturity from this team, whether it be, and this is my biggest thing, right? It's, I'm all about development. I think the biggest issue for Texas in the last decade has been talent development. They got talent acquisition. They've been getting good talent. Recruiting classes have been pretty damn good, no matter who's the head coach. doesn't matter. And even when you look at guys in the NFL who went to Texas, whether it be undrafted free agents or late-round draft picks or middle-round draft picks, hell, man, the NFL still likes Texas. So on both of those ends, you're still a, a key player, right, pretty much in terms of your brand. The biggest issue for Texas is taking the talent that you've acquired and maximizing it, getting the most out of it. They haven't done that in a really long time. I will say this, and I truly believe it. Every position at Texas has gotten better from last year. Now I know quarterback, y'all probably want to say, whoa, I get it. I can't think of one position, maybe kicker actually, because of Dick of the kicker. So maybe Dick kicker and punter. So maybe take that aside because Dick of the kicker is the real deal. He was the starting kicker in the league right now. He's the, he's the real deal. So take that aside, right? Take kicker out of it. But every every position on offense and defense has pretty much gotten better, right? I mean, the DBs are better. And I know they got inside breaking routes. I criticize them, and I'll be the most critical because I'm a DB. I'm a member of that union, right? I love that group. The linebackers are better. The D-line is better. Wide receivers are better. The running backs are the running backs. I mean, they're the best group in the country. O-line is better. Quarterback is better. <laughs> Even though y'all want to, you know, be critical. Like, everything is better than it was last year. That's talent development. We've been watching this group for 10-plus years now, and it's been rare that we've been able to come on there at the mid-season point, Bobby, and say, oh, every position group is better than it was last year. Every group. Every group. Now, are they where you want them to be? No, no, no. That's a different discussion. Well, are they better than five and seven last year? No question. No doubt. And that's why it doesn't it doesn't feel the same to me, to me personally, because I can see the growth. Yeah, I, I can see some growth. I, my problem now is they're looking down. Uh, they've got K-State in two weeks, uh, the Wildcats, and then they have TCU. I mean – they don't want things to balloon here. Uh, you know, they can't let one loss turn into two, turn into whatever. Um, that's got to be the difference in this team uh, year over year as well, Rod. Uh, this was a winnable game for the Longhorns. They did not uh, come out with it. Uh, Oklahoma State, uh, I, 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 I would be remiss if I don't mention the penalties in this game. Oklahoma State penalized zero times. Actually, they actually they have one penalty, but on the same play, Texas called for roughing the passer. <laughs> All setting. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, and so 14 penalties to none. I don't know that I've ever heard that before. Um, have you? I mean, 14 to none is a big gap. I, I would say Charlie Strong has some games like that. <laughs> I'm going to throw it out there, man. Charlie Strong has some games. I'm like, what? What is going on? But no, you're right. That is, that's pretty lopsided. Uh, what was the Texas Bama differential in penalties? That was pretty lopsided. It was like 15 to five, though. It wasn't. Yeah. Okay. It, it, wasn't, a, it wasn't as egregious. As yeah. I don't, I don't think so. No, you're right. It was. It was. That's pretty. It, it, it's pretty bad. I mean, that's obviously, if you go back and look at it, you know, there were some penalties in Oklahoma State that were just missed. Um, but as Mac Brown said, and I love Mac Ford's great quote. Players play, coaches coach, officials officiate. Can't worry about what they're doing. They play in their own game, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what the hell the officials are doing sometimes. You got I, I think it's just tough. I it is, no, no, you, sometimes they're working against you. And Bobby, on the road, don't you expect the officials to beat against you? Don't you yes. expect that? That's part of it. Yes. Yeah. So you do. Uh, um, that, now same, that's pretty egregious, but still. Yeah. At the same time, Rod. Um I don't know that I would put this on the officials at all, right? Um, I, I'm not trying to say that that uh, was the only reason. There, there were a couple phantom calls. I thought one of the uh, uh, pass interference calls on Deshaun Jameson uh, was ridiculous. Um, uh, it was a it was a go route on the outside uh, against the uh, a taller okay. receiver. I yes. thought they yeah. were hand fighting. Yes, uh, he didn't he didn't redirect him, um, but. Uh, the, the the holding call on Cole Hudson uh, when on Quinn Ewer's big scramble I thought was uh, a little dubious, uh, but most of them I, I couldn't sit there and say oh you're wrong, you, you know or I, Christian Jones not Cole Hudson excuse me yeah um, but the 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 reality of it is is that I even with all of that Texas had their chances to come out and win this game um, you were up double digits man. Yeah, well, you were up double digits in the first half by 14 in the first half, but you know that was kind of they they had been driving, uh, and you get an interception in the end zone. Um, the second half, you're up by 10, uh, but you never you're never up by 10 with the ball. Um, and so the other team had the ball and came back and scored and got it to seven. Um, and so I feel like that's a our, they got it to yeah they got it to seven. Uh, so I feel like that's a that's one of those things uh, where I, it's just you know uh, I don't know that I don't know that Texas uh, is in a position there uh, where they can really uh, do that uh, or combat that. Um, all right, speaking with Rod Babers uh, of Inside Texas and the Horn, uh, 104.9 in Austin, a former Longhorn player, uh, not only uh, uh, wore the uh, orange and white but also played in the NFL as well. Uh, we've talked a, a lot today about what Texas might be able to do differently uh, on in the secondary. Uh, we've also talked about some of the positives and, and negatives of this game. Uh, where do you think Texas goes from here, um, Rod, with uh, the off week? What, what's important for this team heading into this off, off week? Uh, Got to get healthy, uh, number one, especially on the defensive side of the ball, man, uh, in the secondary in particular. Um, because teams are going to attack you in the secondary. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I haven't looked at Spencer Sanders' uh, overall rush yards, but I, I didn't think overall that he was the the impact rusher I thought he would be. I mean, he made some plays. 
Um, but I thought he'd run all over Texas and maybe the threat of him as a rusher. I can go back and look at it um, see how many times Texas devoted resources to, to be able to, you know, stop him as a rusher. But he was not the rusher I thought he'd be. He actually made plays from the pocket, which I thought would make it easier on Texas. Uh, so now you're thinking about guys like Adrian Martinez and Max Duggan, who actually have been playing their best football of their careers <laughs> this year. And to me, that's the thing that worries me about Texas. Um, also flipping to the other side of that Texas quarterback situation, people thought it would be an advantage for Texas, an asset for Texas at this point in the season. And it's not uh, right now. Let's be honest. Um, Quinn Uris is young. He's still got a lot of growing to do. He's got one of the best arms all around in college football. He's got probably a top five arm talent in college football. But as we've talked about, Bobby, that doesn't make you a great quarterback just yet. That's a honing and cultivating of a lot of different skills, man. And he's got a ton of raw material to be a, an elite quarterback at the highest of highest levels. But right now, just two weeks in a row, it does look like there are some growing pains that he's going through. We don't know how long he's going to last. We don't know. Hell, we don't know if he's going to grow out of it. <laughs> all right? It's just two weeks, so it's all good. No need to panic just yet. That's why putting the Hudson card thing in, I think it's way too premature for that. But the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams size, Cardi B size, Lizzo size, Megan the Stallion size, but is, it's about getting wins. So you lose another one. And then we might have to make some tough decisions. Because in the end, it's about getting the W's. And I don't give a damn how good, you know, the talent is and upside and the potential. But whoever has been able to win football games for you. So I, I think Sark's got it under control right now. I think, I think was, let's be honest, the expectations started to increase tremendously after Oklahoma for Texas. And we cannot forget this is a team that lost to Tech on the road. <laughs> right? And Tech's not a great team in the Big 12, but it's a good team in the Big 12. And the Big 12 is a really competitive conference. And you had the easiest part of your schedule to go. So I think on top of Alabama and the way Texas performed in that moral victory, and on top of the Tech loss and the Oklahoma performance with them not even having a starting quarterback pretty much, I think we need to make sure that we have realistic expectations for the team. I This is Rod B talking to you. You know what I mean? Like, I think we need, they were coming out five and seven. And I think we need to make sure that we're realistic about where we have. Some people got them, or they got to win the Big 12 or their disappointment. I'm not there. I think I had them at eight and four. Honestly, they're pretty much on track to be an eight and four team. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, I, I think that's fair. I, I said seven and five preseason. There you go. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the problem that I have uh, right now is, um, and to your point, the teams that are dropping heavy into coverage and taking away Xavier Worthy as Quinn's first read, I think is a real problem. Um, and if they can work on that um, over the next two uh, weeks and making sure he's going through his progressions, I think they're, they'll end up uh, with a better team. Hopefully uh, Jordan Whittington gets fully healthy as well. Um, and That's big, man. I didn't know that, Bob. That's big news, man. What's That's that? huge. That's huge, man. That Jay Witten news is big. Um, I mean, it's weird because even last year, you can link a lot of the downfall to Jay Witt's injury. Even with Casey Thompson. Remember, Casey Thompson loved that guy on third down. Yeah, he played. I mean, he played today. I'm just telling you, he he was in he was hurt a little bit. 
I mean, he stayed out most of the halftime stretching his back on the field. Just And the reason I think that is big, because, Bobby, like I said, I, I think I brought this up to you earlier, right? Texas passing game wants to present a, a, mathematical, a mathematical equation you can't swap, right? It's a mathematical equation you cannot figure out a way to solve, whether it's putting um, extra guys in the box to stop Bijan, stacking the box, then putting a guy to double X-man. But then putting a safety over the top of JT Sanders or trying to double Jay Witt at the same time, giving him one-on-one coverage, that was the big thing about, you know, early on in the season with Sark, you know, with the passing game, trying to figure out a way to maximize all those different weapons. And right now it just seems like his quarterback is locked in on one guy. Man, you got a lot of different ways to diversify the passing game. And if Jay Witt is hurt, that you lose a lot of those dimensions. Right, you lose a lot of that diversity in the passing game when you lose Jay Witt, and that makes sense. Kind of lining up and tracking with your report about the injury. Yeah, um, Kansas State. Uh, I think it's got first and goal at the one here, <laughs> so uh, they're down ten to seven to TCU. Uh, but uh, moving the ball, uh, Kansas earlier today lost to Baylor thirty-five twenty-three. Texas Tech obliterated West Virginia forty-eight to ten. Oh, Longhorns. Uh, yeah, forty-eight to ten in Lubbock. Neil Brown's uh, is he is he is he done? Did they, did they Neil Brown maybe <laughs> Neil Brown maybe needing. Uh, you know they beat Baylor last week. I thought that was a reprieve for them. That's a big uh, game, Neil yeah. Brown maybe uh, on the on the uh, he may be needing something here. Well, that's uh, the that's Big Twelve, today. Bobby. The Big What's Twelve, that? That, the Big Twelve is that competitive, man. I mean, the, the Big Twelve is a wild league. It is easily the most competitive league in the Power Five, man. It's not even close. Gotcha. Not even close. Well, what, what, you know, it's, it is difficult, uh, but here's the thing I'm, I'm thinking of right now, Rod, is um, Texas has to focus on getting better. Uh, Quinn Ewers absolutely has to, to find a way uh, to, to get to a second read, uh, to keep the ball going. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian has to figure this out. Hey, do I need to take something off his plate instead of put more on it? There you go. Um, You know, because I think, after they got the big completion uh, to – they got a couple of big completions. When he found Sanders, he almost found Sanders twice. On the one the, late? Yeah, the one late. Yeah. And I found Billingsley uh, yep. on a cross. You yep. know, I, those are those were good passes by Quinn. Um, I think that he was trying to force it to Worthy, and you, you just can't do that because I think Oklahoma State's too good a defense. Um, yeah. They, they had decided that they – they weren't going to let Quinn and Xavier Worthy beat them. Uh, and uh, ultimately, uh, I think Texas played into their hands somewhat. Uh, so Longhorns Agreed. have to come back from this and, and try to figure things out. Um, Rod, uh, you know, you look at uh, the Texas Longhorns right now. Um, they're obviously uh, five and three overall, uh, three and two in conference. It is a very difficult league. Uh, they've now had, I think, what does that make it? Uh, one or two conference losses by one score. Yeah. One conference win by one score. <laughs> so three of their five games have been by one score. Yeah. Right. No, it is. You're right about that. Do you, do you see that changing? I mean, is that no. what we should expect uh, from, from here on probably? Yeah. I mean, think about it. TC is playing their best football that they've played since hell. They were competing for the big 12 title under Gary Patterson in like 2014. Max Duggan's playing his best football. We'll see what happens with the, Battle of the Purple Kryptonite tonight. 
uh, between those teams. Adrian Martinez, I don't know. I haven't watched the game. Has he thrown an interception in the game? Because um, I don't know. I, somebody's telling me that he got injured. I don't oh, know if he's no. already back or not. I can't. I'm not watching that game while we're talking. All right. Well, um, I'm saying he hadn't thrown an interception all year going into that game. All right. He is right. playing his best football, too. So, I mean, I'm with you, I, Bobby. I don't think that you could look forward to Texas having any easy wins because I think even when Kansas, when Texas plays Kansas, Jalen Daniels may be back. There's a possibility he's not out for the season. He may come back just to put it on Texas again like he did last year, especially at home. Um, and if the Big 12 ends up cannibalizing each other enough, you could see teams like Baylor and Kansas still in that conversation with multiple in Texas too, by the way, with multiple Big 12 losses still in the conversation to get to the Big 12 title game to face what looks like TCU right now or Oklahoma State, <laughs> depending on how things shake out. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that I, I want to say this, um, and I want to answer this. Why is everyone ready to drink, jump off the train? Well, Jess, I'm not ready to jump off the train. Um, in fact, I, I won't ever jump off it. <laughs> so, you know, that's one of the things about me. At Rod, too, I think. Uh, we, we've been on the train since we Man. were uh, young kids, so we're not okay. jumping off of it. Yeah. Uh, the reality of it is, is that this team is young uh, at key positions, particularly at quarterback. And furthermore, they're not – their secondary right now is not playing well. Um, and so when you have that combination, it's hard to sit here and tell you everything is wine and roses, you know, it's because it's not, um, yep. it's not that good. Texas is not a dominant team. Uh, and so they need to score a lot of points in each and every game. Clearly they needed to score 42 points in this game. Right. Um, and so my my take on this to everyone that's that's talking about it right now uh, is I'm not off. the I'm not off this train and I, I never will be. Uh, the reality of it is we have to look at everybody in the face and say, hey, Sark has to figure this out with the quarterback, has to find some things he can do to move the ball. Um, I do think the win played a role today in that uh, because I don't think Quinn is that inaccurate. I just don't. Um, on some of the deep balls and some, even some of the intermediate stuff that he was stepping yeah. into. Yeah. Uh, frankly, it wasn't just, it wasn't just the long stuff that he was missing. It was the intermediate stuff and he's not an inaccurate quarterback. No, not at all. Yeah. And so I think you got to take this as a learning opportunity uh, and move forward. And part of that learning um, is <laughs> that's a, that's well put. That's well put. Hey. Every fan, I, I'm going to say this, every fan base can jump, Right. So everybody's got people that are up and down that like to ride the roller coaster. That's fine. I think that's part of the, that's part of the fun of college football and sports in general is the different Amen, fans see it different ways. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that what folks need to to realize is we saw a lot of bad last year. We didn't see a lot of up and down. We saw a thirty-one-seven loss in Ames. Mm. Um, yep. We saw a team that was down at one point, I think 35, 14 to Kansas. We saw some team, a team that just at, at last year quit. I didn't feel that team quit today. Agreed. Uh, I think they got outplayed. Yep. Got out coached. Yep. And yep. Got out coached, got out played. That's fair. I don't, I didn't see a, even, even Deshaun Jameson's, uh, you know, catch or, or lack missed tackle for the touchdown. Oh yeah. I felt like Jaron Thompson could have cleaned up the tackle. 
Yeah. I saw that a couple times. Ke- Keaton Crawford didn't clean up a tackle either. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm thinking of that to myself, uh, Rod. And there's some things that they need to work on and improve on. Uh, but don't get the feeling like we're leaving them hanging out to draw, dry no. right now. Uh, this is a team that's trying to get better each and every week. Uh, still a young program. Uh, seven and five, eight and four uh, is what this program hopefully gets to this year. Uh, and that would be a two to three game improvement over a year ago. No, Bobby, like you said, you know, I, I've seen growth. And like I said, I, I really have tried to document and I, I don't I don't get pro football focus grades, right? But I get my own grades in the eye test and I watch a lot of film. I, I almost think every position group has gotten better. They're not where they need to be to be a championship level program just yet. No, not by any stretch. Maybe running back is. The running back room probably is. And maybe the interior D-line. Maybe those two groups are right there. But every other group has got a lot of work to do. But I've seen improvement, man. I've seen these guys. They're, they're better than they were last year. This is a better product than it was last season. I can tell you that. I'm probably more critical of Texas football than anybody else watching. Um, I, I will say this, though. I, I, I'm I with you. I, I, I think this team has to be careful of spiraling. This is what happened last season. Right. We, everything was everything was good. You hit the Oklahoma game. You figured, oh, it's just unfortunate. I remember after that game, Bobby, we were just talking about a really unfortunate loss that you came that close to beating one of the best teams in the country. And that Texas was on the verge of seeing them again in the Big 12 title game. That was the conversation. That was the narrative. And then we went they went spiraling. It all went downhill. They had a players meeting players only meeting after the tech game to make sure that didn't happen. I don't know if they're going to have another one. They don't, maybe they don't need it. But my, my point is I'm with you. If this team is different, you can lose hell, right? Be lost some games on the 40 acres. Trust me, you can go track it. All right. But we never spiraled. We, I ne- we never went down, you know, the spot, the, the basically became victim to the quicksand <laughs> where we just started to drown all throughout the season. That's what happened last year. This team just drowned. They were overwhelmed last year. And I think this year, we got to see them bounce back. We want to see resiliency, right? We want to see this team bounce back and persevere through adversity. They're in the midst of it now. We saw them play bad versus Iowa State. They should have lost that game. We all know it. We all know it. But they found a way to win it because they gave the ball to their best player, Bijan, and their best leader, Rojo. That's who they leaned on to win that game. That's why they won it. And Sark said, I'm going to live and die with my best player and my best leader. And that's what happened. They won the game. This game played out differently. If it spirals, then we'll start. And we got to jump off the bandwagon because that's not us. We're never going to do that. All right. I'm on the bandwagon, but we got to keep it real, even when keeping it real goes wrong. And the truth is, if they start to spiral, that's when we'll start, we'll start seeking Groundhog Day. That's when we'll start saying, this is what we saw last year. They faced adversity. And when they started to compound, this this team was overwhelmed. They started to drown in the midst of it. Are you going to be able to pick your head up and bounce back after this loss? Or is it going to haunt you? Is this loss going to lead to more losses? That's the key to me. I had a loss is fine. I, I expected to see lose. I had them at eight and four, nine and three, right around there. It's okay. But if this loss ends up leading to a, a deterioration of play, and they become a, a a a weaker team, and they become a lesser team as it's, as the season goes on. And they don't get better week to week. Then we know we got a more macro issue to talk about and discuss. 
right now, we're not there yet. We're still right now good. And we're just talking about week to week improvement. But if they don't, they don't improve week to week, then we got to have a bigger discussion. Yeah. It's one of those things, Rod, where we can sit back here and um, pontificate and talk all you want. Um, the players go out and, and have to play. Exactly. Uh, Texas, um, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, I think that Texas has to work on pass coverage. They have to keep getting better at going, getting after the quarterback. They did a good job today of that. I really felt like they put some, put some pressure on Spencer Sanders. Um, and they got to find a way to get Quinn Ewers comfortable. Yep. When it's third and eight, I, I just, I think that the pass rush bothered Quinn Ewers a little bit today. I feel like, Again, uh, as a summation to this, I felt like um, there was um, – I, th- I felt like Quinn heard some footsteps. Yep. And threw the ball too early. Um, Saw ghosts. Of, yeah, instead of feeling it a little bit. You know, he's, he's a quarterback that I, I think feels routes a lot and feels the game. He clearly didn't feel it today. And whether that's because he got popped in the face a couple times in the first half, that's which football. is possible. I mean, very possible, Rod. Yeah. Uh, we don't know all of the cause of what happened there, uh, but or if it was a mix of factors, including Whittington not being 100%, including uh, the, the wind, including uh, an Oklahoma State defense that gave him different looks. You know, uh, that's right. that's why a fourth-year starter at quarterback matters. <laughs> People want to know. I mean, it does. The, You're right. The, Per, the team whose quarterback plays better wins like 80 to 85% of college football games. No, you're right. Spencer Sanders played better than Quinn Ewers. Um, he, wasn't, he wasn't spectacular, but he was better. That's right. Um, and, and he too made mistakes. I mean, he, he threw a Spencer Sanders threw a pick in the end zone. That was just a bad throw. Terrible throw. Um, and um, hats off to Ryan Watts. Ryan Watts, by the way, let, I don't know how long that injury will be, but that was a hammy that he went off with. Uh, oh. It was not a. Well, not the stinger. No, it wasn't a stinger. Oh, the hammy. He's pulling back. He's pulling the back of his hamstring as man. he walked off. I think it was the first play of the first play of the second half. So, yeah, man. yeah, that's, uh, that's huge. I don't think it was a. I don't think it was a pull. I think it was a strain. Otherwise, he wouldn't even have tried to go in the second half. Um, so yeah. we'll see. Um, uh, he's got two weeks to get that better. Uh, Rod, any closing thoughts here uh, for us uh, as we uh, finish up this uh, on Texas football post game show? Like I said, I mean, football, like life, constant struggle between what you want to be and what you need to be in order to survive. We all want to be something, but <laughs> we can't be what we want to be. We got to pay the bills. <laughs> I got a wife I got to answer to. <laughs> right? So uh, what we need to be right now for Texas is a Bijan Rojo based offense. And all the creativity that Sark has, and he's got a ton of it, all that innovation, all that ingenuity needs to be, you know, really now focused on those two. And honestly, throw Keelan in there too. Just it needs to be focused on that backfield and how to maximize it in the running game. Because I refuse to believe a team that was able to shove it down our state's throat, the best defense in the Big 12, in crunch time in the fourth quarter, game on the line, can't run it against almost anybody in the Big 12. Right? Like I, no, I, I think that's a fair question. And they've got to they've got to commit to it. And and I think that, you know, if I'm Steve Sarkeesian, 
I'm thinking, yes, but I have to do something to keep eight men out of the box. Yeah, you do. And he, he just couldn't get anything going in the passing game. And no, they didn't fear it. You're right. They didn't fear it. They I mean, didn't fear the vertical passing game. The ball hit off of uh, Keelan Robinson's hands. I think he slipped when he ran that out. Um, the, the ball, I thought the p- pass to Xavier Worthy looked good. Xavier Worthy just caught himself looking up. And I think got Turf Monster got him a little bit while he's trying to catch that ball. Yeah, that should have um, been a touchdown. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, a lot of woulda, coulda, shoulda. Uh, but, you know, hats off to Oklahoma State as well. They played hard. Uh, they 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 came up with the big plays when it mattered. Uh, and Texas uh, now goes to five and three on the season. Uh, all right, uh, Rod, I think that's going to do it for this postgame show. Uh, as always, you're awesome, man. No, I know the fans you, here appreciate you uh, being part of this uh, with us uh, each and every Saturday after the games. Uh, please subscribe to our channel and help us get to 10,000. I think we're less than 100 in, uh, 100 oh, away. On. we got 350 people still on right now uh, listening to this. If you guys help and please subscribe to the channel, we would appreciate it uh, to get us over 10,000. Uh, Kevin, thank you. I think uh, I agree. With you, uh, he is really gifted at it. He has a great uh, way of explaining it for things. Hopefully, uh, we hear about how Texas has changed up some of its coverage looks uh, in starting playing some inside leverage on money downs (laughs) this year. Uh, But uh, for for Rod Babers, I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, This has been On Texas Football Postgame. You can get more coverage uh, on InsideTexas.com and as well here on On Texas Football. We'll have a rapid reactions piece early Sunday morning uh, from myself and Justin Wells. For Rod Babers, I'm Bobby Burton, and thanks.